0: Santa Parlay and I are back from Texas. Fair Tycoon is back from whatever he did last weekend. Don't know if he watched the game. But we all three as a team are back. It's the post-national championship wrap-up season finale show of the young year, I think is how we put that in our notes. Uh, earlier tonight we were talking about how we wanted to intro this. But all in all, the season is over. I don't know really what to do with myself. Hell of a season, once in a lifetime season, hopefully not, but so far in our lives it has been. But it's over now, and now we talk about it, have some therapy about it, some group therapy on this uh, podcast about it. But yeah, like I said, Bear Tycoon in the house, Montana Parlay in the house, still standing after a long weekend in Frisco, Texas. How are you guys doing? Does
1: Bear what Tycoon an intro, have to man, be in on this?
2: Yeah, what an intro. Uh, A whole minute of you just talking, pretending like things are going well. Welcome back from Texas, boys. I'm very happy uh, to see you. I'm very happy you survived the weekend. Congratulations again on making the national championship. We're all very proud of you. Um, And I'm excited to hear about how it was on the ground. I watched the game uh, from the comfort of my couch. Uh, Glad I didn't pay for a ticket to go down there. Uh, Hand up. I switched over to the Seton Hall game uh, in the third quarter of uh, of uh, the football game because it wasn't much of a game, if you recall. Um, but, yeah, it's good to be here. Good to chat about this. I want to hear about Frisco. Pictures looked awesome. Parlay, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing pretty good. You know, I, uh, you know overall, That's good. Like I, I wish Texas had legal gambling. I could have maybe hedged some of those. Dozens of bets I had on the Bobcats, uh, but other than that, I, I'm I'm doing quite well. It, I, it's deflating. <laughs> the obviously, the enthusiasm
0: but, that you are showing us right now is it, it says I'm doing well.
2: Yes, uh-huh. big smiles from. We, we are Park. recording
0: this on uh, Wednesday, January twelfth. Four days after uh, the national championship game, is uh, is the booze out of your system yet?
1: Well I'm drinking Miller Lite, so no. Okay, just keeping it rolling. I like it, okay.
2: <laughs> keeping it rolling to next season. So, okay, let it. me set the table. Oh, you the guys the way, don't want to get First
0: things first though. wait. Before okay. we go, I need to comment on, on Parlay's legal gambling thing. For a state that loves its freedom uh-huh, yes, and shouts it from the rooftops and has a big old heart on for for, you know, everything freedom and the flag, everything like that. <clears throat> not be able to buy booze until noon on a sunday i got turned away that law has been changed
1: i we need we need it's not there anymore we need truth in our podcasting Uh, it has they changed that law during covid so it it was just most of the most of texas's time as a is a quote-unquote free state uh they could not serve alcohol till noon but they did change that law last year so that's a nice
0: fact check there yeah. But yeah. I went like to a 7-Eleven when right? I got in on, on Thursday night. I didn't try. It. it was when I lived in Texas. But when I got in uh, on Thursday night, it was late, probably uh, 1 in the morning. And uh, we stopped by a 7-Eleven real quick. We wanted to just grab some, uh, you know, a couple beers and a, and a glass of wine for a long day of traveling. Uh, couldn't buy that after midnight. 7-Eleven said no alcohol sales after midnight. Got turned away there. No legal gambling, like Parlay said. So... Um, if it wasn't for COVID, it would be three strikes there. No uh, booze before noon on Sundays, no booze after midnight, no legal gambling. What a weird state to,
1: to like I said, shout from the rooftops about the freedom. And no, no marijuana for those par- to, who partake. And, you know, if, as far as the gambling goes, sports betting, that's just recent, okay? I, I understand a lot of states haven't brought that into the fold, but a lot have. So, Texas, if they want to be free, they should have sports betting. And poker, though, that's been around forever. And nothing I like better than after a, a tough loss is to win all my gambling losses back on some poker against some drunk bison fans. You know, that's all I, I, I asked. I don't and, know if that would have been what you would have been yeah, doing after the game. I, I, I want to say would have, would have been a my drunken if poker I, skills are phenomenal.
2: Well, hopefully better than your sober sports gambling skills. I have a feeling that <laughs> the. Uh, the the policymakers in Austin, Texas are looking at the metadata from all the bets that you made and lost uh, on the national championship game. Are like, oh man, we got to get in on this. Look at this slate well, right here of a hundred incorrect bets on one single game. We could, we one could single teams.
1: Well, the only if bets could, I placed, well, allegedly placed on the game uh, day, were both won. So I allegedly okay. placed some bets through okay. some friends. In mm-hmm. Illinois, so
2: okay. Well, I think I think the metadata will speak for itself in Austin. Um, all right, where do we want to start? I one one component to this that I think I'm interested in hearing about. You guys uh, and others may be interested in hearing about is your travel down to the game. I know Hall of Famer Nate Stad um, had some issues. <laughs> Sound like everyone had some issues getting down there. Um, the the tailgate scene, the party scene after, uh, but also the game itself. I personally think we should start with the game the low point, and then kind of weave our way through the other components of the trip. Does that sound all right? I know Parlay went to the video game museum. I'm excited to hear about that.
1: hmm And the tr- so and did, the train museum.
2: And the train museum. He
0: did a lot of he did a lot of sightseeing.
2: Yeah. Nate. And eating. Why I went you... to two different
0: top golfs, so
2: nice. Good for you. Um Nate, why don't you start us out on the game? So in the stadium, let's just start from like when you got to your seats and work through the game as it is, so there's a lot to a lot to unpack here. But when did you get to your seats? A lot How of excitement. We'll say we'll say that excitement. once
0: we got in, which was a a shit show in itself. Trying to get into that stadium uh, when everybody was going in, they had about a quarter of the metal detectors they needed to get everybody in there. It was a mass of people trying to push through like three metal detectors at each gate. Horrible, horrible time trying they to get. Probably in. once probably evaluated.
2: They probably reevaluated the need for security after the Frisco bowl game that had like one third of the people in the stands.
0: True. Yeah. They maybe weren't yeah. expecting it. So we get in, you get into that stadium though. And, um, you know, we were over on, uh, in the Montana state section, they obviously have half the stadium, North Dakota state, half the stadium, Montana state, the end zones are kind of mixed, uh, but got into the stadium, got to the seat and there's an, uh, an a different excitement. It's not a home game. So you're not you know familiar with Bobcat stadium, those type of things. But there's a definite buzz in that stadium when you sat down, uh, Montana State came out on the field. North Dakota came out state came out on the field. It was weird having two fairly equal crowds. I think North Dakota State was probably 60, 60 percent of the crowd, Montana State 40. Um, but there was an energy in that stadium that was, was fantastic. Both sides were loud um, during kickoff, kind of seemed a little bit rowdy in there in a, in a good way. It was, it was really cool to get in and see that atmosphere, take some pictures. Um, and it really was the high point of the game uh, was the energy before anything really got started down on the field. Um, but yeah, the initial reaction you got in there, it was a, it was a nice enough stadium. It was a cool setup. They had beer in the stadium, just a really good excitement when we sat down in there.
2: So Bobcats get their, they're receiving in the first half kickoff. What's, what's your confidence level in the game at this point parlay?
1: Well, uh, first, I don't wait in lines, so I walked around many of the lines and I found a couple gates that had about a five minute wait. So you know, you gotta move past the herd, um, Mm -hmm. and sometimes you can just find a little better deal. But, yeah, kickoff, we got the ball first, and you know, I kinda like the idea of sometimes defense and deferring, but you know what? We got the ball first against Sam Houston State on the road, and that turned out well, so just these little tidbits are in the back of my mind. And Tommy moved the ball. First play of the drive is a first down. The cool play. The cool and, play,
0: it's a fake run, kind of yeah, hybrid yeah. T-Row, jump Plus, pass to
1: McCutcheon. North Dakota State kicked it out of bounds on the opening kickoff and kind of yep. set the tone because either the, I think it was the kicker or someone um, on the kick team just ate shit. Like literally, like did a cartoon fall on his back and ass. It, that turf was pretty nasty obviously they adjusted to it but it was like he stepped on a banana peel and then the ball went out of bounds we got a couple first downs and it's starting good before it just completely went to shit and how early it did was what was so yeah. shocking like yeah i you know it's i get these texts from friends like, Tommy's hurt. And I'm like, you guys are screwing with me. Like, you know, I hadn't really seen anything right away. Then all of a sudden we go, Tommy's hurt. Then he's thrown a deep, um, you know, corner route to the end zone on third and one. And then we run a fake field goal that isn't open. So we pooch pun it on fourth and one. And it's like, I'm in shock. Like between these texts from my friends, a terrible third and one, in a horrendous fourth and one. And all of a sudden I'm just like frozen. Like what in you the
0: see, hell? You see, you see Tommy limping, literally limping off the yeah. field, like hardly yeah. able to, to run off. And that's when, uh, you know, the person I was sitting next to drew, he was at Tommy's hurt. I was like, there's no way. And I looked down, I was like, Oh, that's not just like banged up. That's yeah. the exact hurt, thing hurt. we were worried about. Like in Sam, uh, not Sam Houston so much, but South Dakota state. Yeah. Was the, the biggest thing you're worried about. And it was, it was happening. And, and then you saw Rovig, immediately start warming up. And that's when he knew, okay, this is, this is actually the end of the game for us right now. I think.
2: Yeah. Well, and it does. So we talked about it last week on the pod about the health of touchdown Tommy, um, the need to keep him in the game. If Montana state won't have a chance. So him to go down that early, really awful. It also highlights the decision of McKay to go into the portal when he did If he stays with Montana state. I think, I mean, Rovig, he played a decent game. and We can get to that. He did, yeah. Um, but I, I think McKay is a better quarterback than Rovig. And the fact that he wasn't there as your backup and instead had to go to Rovig, who had how many passes before this this season, just in a completely... He just seemed completely overmatched uh, to begin with. Um, I think that, yeah, the McKay decision to go to the portal was kind of weird at the time. It, it would make sense for him to do it eventually, um, but it, it it really was a, a kick in the dick um, at this point in the oh, game. Oh, yeah.
0: Absolutely brutal. And you're right. Rovick did come in and filled in pretty admirably for someone to come into a chipper like that and, yeah, and have to go up, against a juggernaut, he ended def- up, the best defense in the FCS. He ended
2: and that's, up 156 yards, touchdown, and interception. I mean, that's a pretty average game. And so, I mean, to get that from your essentially third stringer on the year um, in a national against championship maybe a game against essentially defense. an FBS team, an FBS defense, yeah. Um, is is pretty solid,
1: and they were. He was moving the ball, but let's just be frank here. Uh, with Tom, a healthy Tommy, our chances are still very slim. Um, yeah. Yes, I it's. I think
0: it's, it's this game.
1: really really hard to to quantify the amount of energy that was zapped out of both the fans and the players when Tommy went down. Uh, so. That I mean, NDSU hands down is the dominant team. They're better than us. They beat us, you know, eighty-nine well, times out of ninety-five. Whatever the the numbers yeah. are, they beat us more Wait, times than not. Out of
0: ninety-five. That's the hardest <laughs> math
1: ever. <laughs> well, I, I slipped up. I was gonna, I was gonna say, you know. Anyway, I, you know, there's a tiny, tiny chance that if he's in. Our defense has more energy, maybe makes a couple plays. Maybe NDSU sees some more pressure and doesn't make some of their plays. But with him going out, there was less than zero chance. Uh, that's where even, you know even the, a big Bobcat fan like myself would be looking at live betting odds. Um, I may or may not have done that in other states. But it's just, it was so deflated. I can't really sum it up in words, just the feeling it was a collective gut punch for
0: nine to ten thousand fans. Yeah, and
1: yeah, at and the gr- same time, yeah, yeah,
2: and yeah. it was insane. And when did it? When did you in the stadium realize it? So, like, could you see Tommy I, limping yeah, off? I didn't or realize it. Was until it when he, Rovig came out that you knew? No, it was
0: when Tommy came off the field after the 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 third down and or whatever the third down play. Yeah, uh, you he yeah, he could days. barely run off the field, and that's when you're like, okay, hopefully he just tweaked it. Get some tape on it, something you're just hoping. Uh, but then as North Dakota State's first drive is happening, Rovig is warming up, and you can see Tommy in the medical tent, you're like, this is not good, this is not happening. It's gonna be Rovig the rest of the way unless, you know, a miracle happens to Tommy's ankle. But um but there was still a little bit of hope because in that first drive North Dakota State had, um, you know, Montana State got him into third down on that drive three separate. In, like times. fourteen.
1: On the first they had them one. Third and,
0: they had them, yeah. yeah, they had third and 14. Cam Miller got a pass to Watson for 20 yards. That was deflating. But still, the Montana State crowd was still into it. Uh, they had them third and seven, and then they got a 14-yard run. Then they had them third and five at the Montana State 42, and it was a uh, 34-yard run on that one. Um, and then that Hunter Lubke touchdown where he just truck sticks one of Montana State's players <laughs> into the end zone. Um
1: in the end but there zone, was like, he, he didn't have to be, hit
0: him, but he did. <laughs> he did not have to, <laughs> He did. Yeah. There was still some yeah. time for excitement in that first North Dakota State drive that the, the Cats fans still had some energy. After that score, and you saw how it was done, though, on those third downs, I mean, you get the writing was somewhat on the wall there. And then Montana State comes down and misses a field goal, so they move the ball a little bit again, 45 yards on the next drive, miss a field goal, and then North Dakota State comes down in like, seven plays and scores again. And before yep. you, I have my first beer drink. It's fourteen and nothing.
2: Yeah, and it was so. In a game like this, where there's such a talent discrepancy between the two teams, like you need everything to go your way, right? Like yeah. you need all the all the balls to bounce in your direction. Um, the fact, so I didn't realize how bad Tommy's injury was until Rovig actually came out for that second drive, because um, it just kind of showed him stretching out on the sideline, but. The fact that the Bobcats got zero points on that first drive after getting such good field position on the kickoff um, and running that yeah. insane fake field goal play, uh, but the the fact that there was no points on there, I just kind of circled in my notes, like, or made a, a note in my notebook, like, this might be game over right here. Like, you can't come away with zero points from that drive. And then when they miss the field goal on the next drive, it's just, yeah. this is bad. Two. This, this is not going to be yeah. good. Looking at... So just looking at how bad of a sequence this was for the Bobcats uh, in the first first half, the first little string here. So that insane missed field goal, Tommy goes down. That's drive one, touchdown. Missed field goal, drive two. Touchdown, North Dakota State. Punt, touchdown, North Dakota State. Interception, Montana State. I mean, that is as bad as you could have hoped. It was the oh, opposite was just, of the Sam Houston
1: <laughs> game. It was the opposite yeah, of the was. Sam Houston game where uh, yeah. a team goes up 21 nothing, and we were on the wrong side of it. And, you know, you circled it at home. I texted my brother after that third and fourth down. I'm like, I don't want to be dramatic, but I think that's the game. And part of yeah. it, I, me is, like, thinking maybe this could be a reverse jinx, but in my heart it's like, with Tom- and Tommy, he, the tent was close to where our seats were and my friend who saw his injury early on tv was like it's a high ankle sprain they could probably tape it up he might be able to come out but when he was trying to stretch out and run but he could not cut that was so apparent when he was yeah, trying to warm up he was only straight ahead he could not every time he tried to like go to go to one side you could just see the pain and he and you know if he can't cut he's not going to go back in
2: yeah, Yeah, So, so twenty-one nothing to start out the game. Going to the half, twenty-eight nothing. North Dakota State. I got to admit, as a Grizz fan, um, we talked about this previous pods. I think I'm in the minority when I say, yeah, I sometimes will will be cheering on the Montana State uh, football team. But it all comes down to the amount of joy the outcome will bring me. So, um, if Montana State's playing a shitty team. I get more joy out of them losing to like a Northern Colorado than I do beating them. But when they're playing like an Eastern Washington, a Weber state, I can get some joy out of that. Um, when it was 28, nothing, I, I was able to get quite a bit of joy out of the Bobcats being humiliated and thinking about you two sitting in the rain in Frisco, Texas, and just how sad oh. you were. Luckily, um, no rain. Luckily, I just want no to be, no be transparent. It but I'll take your word for it.
1: It was a little um, misty, foggy, so, whatever w what weather men yeah, would call it, it. But the rain stopped kind of soggy, well yeah. but the rain it was raining okay, when I was good. in the tailgate at seven AM, but it the <laughs> rain stopped around eight o'clock in the morning. So
2: twenty-eight nothing. At this point, a few things are in play, and this is what I start rooting for. One, the biggest uh, defeat in national championship game history is forty points. So I immediately start thinking that would be fun if we get there. Also, two, I start thinking and doing the math in my head. My score prediction is the only one that's still oh. in play out of out of all of ours. Thirty-eight, ten, if you remember, is what I predicted, and that yeah, ended up being the final score. So I had a lot of fun uh, rooting for that all throughout the second half. Um, all right, so we get to halftime. It's twenty-eight, nothing. What it? What do you do? You guys go it, go out to the tailgates? Do you just hang out in your seats? Like what? What is the mood in the stadium? North Dakota uh-huh. State, I'd imagine, is just, this is what we expected to happen.
1: So, at 14 nothing. I'm still trying. I turned into um, Parley Revere, okay? I, start, I ran down part of this. I'm trying to lift the spirits of the crowd because I can tell. Oh, after wow. Tommy went out. The energy was gone, so I'm just like, "All right, it's not over." I'm trying to raise the roof. I'm screaming. I'm yelling. Uh,
2: it's <laughs> fourteen. Enough, I'm
1: roof. like, "If we get a, if we get a stop and score, who knows what can happen?" Well, literally, like right as I start screaming and making the cone, to, you know, accentuate my voice. NDSU scores a long touchdown to make it twenty-one nothing, and that I did not spend another second in the seat area. Where I was, I spent the rest of the time literally pacing the concourse and watching the field, drinking various beers. Every once in a while that I'd come down to the 50-yard line, I had a friend who had an extra seat there, and I'd watch. But a lot of pacing and some beer chugging. I might have sent you a video. Um, yep. You know, it, it It just, I couldn't stand, in our seats, there was four Bison fans, and they were nice enough, and we'll get into how, you know, the overall, Bison fans are great. We'll get into that later when we're talking about the tailgating. But these guys, they were just so damn confident and cocky. They're yelling, "Oh, it'll be over before halftime, before the game starts," and <laughs> they were we right. start uh, They were right. They nailed it. Uh, Maybe we get
2: that in the Hall of Fame.
1: When when Tommy goes out, I you know, and I'm just like, ah, we you know. And, talking about the quarterback situation they're like well that's just too much pressure to put on one kid and in my head I'm thinking oh you dumbass like if anyone loses their stud quarterback they're not gonna win but then it hit me like North Dakota State would win if they lost their quarterback you know like they just have the complete system team you know and they even put their running Mm -hmm. quarterback in what at least half the plays um he, they knew where how they could beat us, and they they just didn't. I don't know. I, I was, I'm my head's going in tangents now, but I I did watch some film the night before the game after we got home from the bars, <laughs> the SDSU game, and I that game really came down to like a few big plays that we made and they didn't. Yeah. And the way they did run the ball against us in the first half, uh before they just went nuts before Eck moved to Idaho at halftime took got on his jet you know I was part of me was that's when the doubt did you know you can say it's hindsight now but a little doubt did creep in like man North Dakota state they're going to know how to beat us and they're just going to be much better at it and they're not going to panic you know they don't panic like I was at I mentioned before I was at the game in 2010 in Bobcat Stadium they just stuck with their game plan, and by fourth quarter, they just ran over the top of us. Of course, I thought we had the physicality this year. You know, I thought with having the spring season off, that extra time to get big, get rested, uh, with some of our big boys like Troy and Hardy just bigger, faster, stronger, and with guys like that, guys that pay attention like the is boys, saying that we match up physically this year where we haven't in the past. My hopes were up. Nate's, your hopes were uh, You know, our hopes were up. And yeah. Uh, yeah. once again, just like 19, it's just like NDSU plays a close game with JMU. They played a close game with Illinois State, but they just.
2: They didn't play a close game with the Bobcats.
1: No. No, they did not.
0: They're another so level. Step- it's, it was so damn apparent being there in that yeah. first half. And then into the second half you know i like to take away that we tied them in the second half um, so it was virtually a one half game <laughs> yeah, it was wow. 10 to 10 in the second half yeah, 10 to yeah. 10 in the second half montana state made their adjustments a little bit too late but it goes to show montana state was amazing at their second half adjustments McCutcheon yeah. got his touchdown pass he got over 100 yards that was a really cool way to yeah
2: one garbage time touchdown just like, like a little bit game. of a
0: hat tip to him to be the all time leading montana state receiver uh, which is pretty insane, uh, or for is one season, I'm sorry, not all time, but for one season, the season record for most receiving yards, uh, yeah, which you never would have thought him. would have happened at Montana State in the last decade or probably for a decade to come. Um, so that was a cool way to, to, to get him out of there, and you know, tied the second half, which really uh, raised the expectations, I think, for, for next season.
1: Uh-huh. And um, McCutcheon touchdown was big for a lot of reasons, Rory, you know, or Bear Tycoon. Um, it hit <laughs> your well, it perfect gave me score. My,
2: it gave me my perfect score. I know.
1: And it hit the over. So that was I had some over bets, so I
2: okay. Well, there little you go. silver lining. Um. Okay. So thirty-eight ten final score. I got some stats for you. Just, just, uh, just as an FYI, more than anything, uh, twenty-eight point differential. That is uh, the fourth biggest loss in championship game history. Um, North Dakota State has played in nine championship games um, since 2011. This was, their, this, this was the biggest win they've ever had, tied for first. They also beat Towson um, by 28 points. Talk about touchdown Tommy going out, the impact that had on the game. Um, unquestionably, unquestionably it did, but that, that powerful Montana State defense gave up 503 yards. North Dakota State. That's the most they've ever, the most yardage they've ever had in a championship game. Um, the differential in 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 yardage, um, is second most all time. They uh, they had 168 more yards than the Bobcats. So just a few stats um, I thought you may be interested in. Uh, it was not it was not a close game, fellas. One cool
0: one cool thing about this year was, um, and it kind of goes along with that. After playing in the championship game. Uh, 12 wins for Montana State this year. Uh, only 10 for, for Montana. Uh, Montana uh-huh. State oh, okay. played for Montana five weeks is, yeah. five weeks longer than Montana, uh, I believe. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, which is probably a record. It's actually a record uh, for longest season over their rival, um, I believe, With when they changed the championship game uh, to January 8th like that. Uh, mm-hmm. Zero Montana fans were at a Grizz game uh, on Saturday where – uh, about ten thousand Montana State fans made their way down there, had a great experience yep. uh, watching that game, and the best part about it is we all remember when Montana lost back to back national championships, but nobody remembers the score. Montana State loses his national championship to North Dakota State. We tip our caps, saying the Bison were the better team, and it was very obvious. But nobody's going to uh-huh. remember the score.
2: Well, I'll remember in two the score. weeks. Yeah, because well, I mean, you'll remember there's... the score.
0: You'll never let anybody forget about the score.
2: Yeah. But no, I'll remember.
0: It's, uh, you know, it was – those stats mean nothing, you know, a week after the game. It was a loss in a championship game. It's one less uh, loss in the last the decade in the national championship game than the Grizz had. Yeah. And,
2: uh, you know, we're <laughs> yeah, both
0: batting zero. Bat zero in championship games.
2: Here's another Here's another fun fact. Um, So about 10,000 Bobcat fans made their way down there. Between game ticket, hotel, airfare, let's conservatively say – Um, that cost each fan about $1,500 for the trip. Uh, Do you think that's a fair estimate? If so, uh, what we can say then is that Bobcat fans spent $15 million to go down to Frisco, Texas and watch their team get the shit kicked out of them.
0: Oh, and I would do it again in a second, even if Uh I knew the outcome. It was such (laughs) a fantastic time down there. Uh, Worth every, I don't think everybody spent $1,500, but worth every penny of going down there to this game so that that what do you think the
2: average what do you think the average cost was per fan because i know tickets the prices were fluctuating kind of crazy flights it kind of depends on where you're coming from i'd put it a
0: thousand bucks if you uh split a hotel or somebody some Mm. uh you know a five million dollar difference is quite the difference on your little estimate game there and like i said Mm. i would pay fifteen hundred two thousand dollars to go down there again knowing exactly what was going to happen it was that yeah. worth it to see that many fans down there in the restaurants, the bars, Top Golf, uh, every single place you went in Dallas area, someone was there in NDSU or Montana State gear. It was the coolest thing, um, and gave you so much Bobcat pride and Montana State pride uh, to see that kind of showing down there. That uh, it made it all worth it. The night before Friday night, the concrete cowboy. Which sidebar here, Jerry Jones. Bought this massive swath of land in Plano, Texas. Puts the star on it. It's their practice facility and headquarters. And yeah. then builds like four hotels, all this dining, bars, uh, retail shopping. And people will go there like it's a pilgrimage who are Cowboys fans. It was actually really impressive, but unbelievable how that guy can just print money owning the Dallas Cowboys. But either way, Went to Concrete Cowboy, which sounds like one thing, but it's not. It's kind of like a clubby yeah. bar. Uh, it's definitely there. not Very what Montanans
1: time. would expect a Concrete Cowboy to be.
0: Exactly. It's 100% opposite. I didn't know it was the Cowboys headquarters that it was right next to and someone told me they were going to Concrete Cowboy, So, of course, I had different expectations. Uh, but once I got there and saw it was next to the star, it made more sense. Um, that place had the most cat fans I've ever seen in one spot besides a cat game. Uh, mm-hmm. In it, former players, Mike Person was there. Uh, really cool, you know. Uh, McAdoo, the coach at Oklahoma State, uh, was also there. Like it was the place to be if you were a Cap fan. It was unbelievable, and that's why the money aspect of it going down there was worth it and more to have this kind of uh, fun oh, in, a, in a neutral environment. Um,
2: well, I'm in glad. A, in a I whole truly different am, spot. It was really cool. Yeah, truly, I'm glad. Despite the you know the historic beating uh, that the Bobcats took, it's the not United historic. A time. Fourth most yeah.
0: is not historic.
2: Well, it's notable. Four it's presidents on Mount Rushmore. Yeah, if we did Mount Rushmore, the Bobcats. Lost all-time championships. I thought they uh, had a tie
0: there. for fourth, so you would have to decide who to go with Towson. In that it's not historic. A fourth thing that's ever happened is not. So no, 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 I no. Mean, it's the historic. biggest. It's the
2: biggest oh, win loss. North Dakota State has ever had in a championship game. In the and so that's just against North Dakota State. That's number one. That's a historic. Lost North Dakota State championship game. It's a historic uh, the win for overall North Dakota State, the history of you the, the FCS it a championship loss to game. North State. This is fourth. This is yeah, this is it's tied not for historic. All-time. Pretty everything
0: in the history. everything in the world of sports is historic because it's in the annals of history somewhere. But the fourth mm-hmm. biggest loss in a championship game is not what you would call historical. Well,
2: if you open up to that page play. in the record book, it'll be the fourth one down, so it'll be easy to find.
0: Well, yeah, you look at anything in the record book, you're going to be able to find it. It's
2: yeah, not it'll be Pretty easy to find. Yeah, pretty historic. Historic loss by the Bobcats. I'm glad you guys had a good time. Um, okay. Historic so- season
0: by the Bobcats. First times is '84 being there. Most wins yeah. uh, any head coach has had in their first year. Two more than the Grizz. Didn't lose to Sac State this year. Two FCS losses. Historic year for Montana State. Cannot say the same about uh, the team uh, over the divide. Uh, they returned to dominance. They did. Historic return to dominance season for them. They beat the Cats for the first time in five years. That was a historic win for them as well if we're going by those same parameters. Um but yeah, a, his, uh, a historic win for the bison, most uh, biggest win they had in that championship game. But a historic season for the Bobcats as well. And uh, I won that I don't think Parlay and I will soon forget.
1: A great experiments. Well, yep, the game. if
2: it's if it's anything like Towson, um you'll be back there in no time.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't so, put Towson and, and Montana State on the same plane same, quite, quite. Same quite programs.
2: A, mm-hmm. yeah. Same program. A little bit different. Um so looking at the game, we talked about, uh, we were texting about this after, or maybe even during the game, but it really reminded me of the, the Broncos Seahawks Super Bowl and just like how immediately everything got deflated for, for one team. I'm a Broncos fan, so I can, I can uh, uh, relate to, to how that feels. What other sporting events in history would you relate this to?
1: Uh, I mean, I, I thought of the Broncos Seahawks game because I had bet on the Seahawks that year, and it, so I had the opposite feeling um, in that game. But yeah, it's just it's one of those things where it was over before it really started. So that was then.
0: Cagris 2019 is what it reminded me of. Actually,
1: mm-hmm.
2: I, was <laughs> <Yeah. also> thinking, <laughs> um, I was also thinking. I was also thinking. that was a historic. Um,
0: bad first half for the Grizz in that game. Historically bad first half for the Cats in this game. The parallels there, when you knew it was over, pretty quickly.
2: I was also thinking maybe like when Mike Tyson beat Peter McNeely in his comeback in 1995. North yeah, Dakota everyone beat is. Mike Tyson in this.
0: Yeah, that was that's a topical one for sure. That's one that everybody mm-hmm. had on their minds.
2: Yep. Um, so Broncos, Mike Tyson. Um, That's about it.
1: Put Cattars, them on the Mount Rushmore.
2: Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. Um, all right. What else? What else do we want to talk about? You're down there with the FCS Nation guys, uh, the r and CatCast guys. Did some Top Golf. You did some bars. You did some uh, uh, museum tours. Want to talk about the trip down yeah. there? Parlay, what was your favorite yeah.
1: part? So <laughs> I was sitting here in uh, sub-zero weather last week just – Watching all these flights get canceled, seeing that some of the FCS Fans Nation guys were going to be there on Thursday. My flight was scheduled to go out on Friday. And I'm um, between some guys I know being there Thursday and potential flight cancellations, I th- decided to change my flight to Thursday. So I took off uh, Thursday afternoon and landed with about the same time as Chris um, from Tubbs at the Club, formerly T- Tubbs at the Club. Wait, did I hope I didn't break anything there, but um, uh, Kyler, FCS Fans Nation, and the Eagle Power Hour, and Matt Frazee with the FCS Fans Nation, nice guy, even though he's a Bison fan, and Jamie from, uh, he's a JMU fan, also FCS Fans Nation. We all had an Airbnb, it had a pool table, ping pong, Ooh. you know, there it was a heck of a time, you know, we went out, we had a good time, uh, played some A-hole, it's like a indoor version of bean like i don't know it's like a mix between like horseshoe and and bags but like put up on a wall i have seen it in like one other bar and i beat everyone and i thought including the bison fans so i f- figured that was a Atta good boy. sign for saturday um chris and i made some good content um <laughs> you know <laughs> that night at the airbnb uh drinking and punching a punching bag like Just a good time. Just a good time. Good wholesome time. Uh, Friday we woke up. We went to Hutchins. I mean that is a pilgrimage in itself. Barbecue. Some of the best beef, brisket, and these things called uh, the Texas Twinkie. It's it, think of like a jalapeno <laughs> that's popper. Thing,
0: that's another thing that in Montana would be something totally different. Yeah,
1: like, you you hear Texas Twinkie, you think of something slightly different. But this is like a jalapeno <laughs> popper on steroids. It's a hell it's a jalapeno you know, stuffed with cream cheese and beef brisket, wrapped in like really thick cut bacon, like cooked and smoked, and then they dab their their sauce yes. on it, and it, it is just amazing so i mean i ate i don't know four pounds of barbecue friday and then went to top golf and you know went out saw nate at concrete cowboy um <laughs> made it
0: home about every time that name comes up i do laugh like concrete Cowboy. Well, is it definitely damn name it's so you think concrete cowboy
1: Bar. and they actually have a concrete cowboy in chicago and i don't know if it's the same owners or same design i had the same feeling going to Concrete Cowboy in Chicago once in my life that I'm sure every uh, 25 to 50 year old Montanan at Concrete Cowboy in Texas had. is like, oh, Concrete Cowboy. I can wear my cowboy hat, my boots. Uh, there might be some country music. Nope, it's a club. They play everything that isn't country. <laughs> and you've got like people with, in Fresco. you got people with bottle service. You know that, that was don't the look,
0: funniest I have They to definitely that.
1: don't I have look to. like Montanans. You know they they've got their bottle service. They're dressed like you would at a club in so, a big city. And then yeah, you got so
0: picture this.
1: Then you got fifty. Nate's dad is at Concrete Cowboy. <laughs> you got
0: so funny.
1: He's not the oldest guy there. There's Montanans rolling around in jeans and boots the while there's bottle service on the side. It was you quite, get in there. People spent. <laughs> People
0: like that had no idea what was going on, like with the national championship game, and why would they? Went in there and got a booth that night, and they were sitting on top of like the sofas, like you do in a Vegas club, trying to look really cool. They had like the bottle service come out with the street, the the sparklers and the sign and everything, and the girls bringing it out. And you look around, and it's like seven of them in their little DJ or their their club booth, and then it, like Jake said, it was a thousand Montanans. <laughs> in cowboy boots, jeans, hats. I had like this old school like windbreaker jacket on with a hat. It was the most non-club scene you would ever see in your life. Like I don't even know, like picture the R bar after a game, put it yep. in uh, Put it in uh, Dallas, but then have people getting bottle service. And it was like it. 300 $400 bottles of tequila and vodka. That was like the highlight of my Friday night besides like seeing everybody and having fun was this one little pocket of people getting table service and being like, what in the hell is going on in this club? All, it was the all best the atmosphere ever.
2: As long as they get it the right was. angle. It was so funny. As long as they get the right angle, And then, I met, the and then
0: there was a line to get in to Concrete Cowboy. Yep. And one of my former roommates from Great Falls, uh, one of my MSU roommates uh, from Great Falls, comes in. I see him, I hadn't seen him forever, we're talking. They sit down at the other bottle service booth. <laughs> I'm like, what are you guys doing? He's like, there's a line outside. We couldn't get in unless we did bottle service.
2: Oh, <laughs> so fine. you had
0: the people who actually bought bottle service, and then you had a group of seven dudes from Great Falls next to them who just got in there and got bottle service to get into Concrete Cowboy. It was the funniest like juxtaposition of who was going to Love be it. there. It was, it was amazing.
2: Good for them though for for ponying up the money it's being like look we're not here for a club but I'm also not here to stand in a line so we're going to draw Yeah I'm it. also Never, I'm also ha- no, yeah
0: Montana state hasn't been here in, in 37 years like let's yeah, just yeah. do it. it well, I thought so of another
2: fun. game I thought of another game to compare it to um oh, like great. maybe when when Georgia dick nailed Michigan in the opening round of the the playoffs this year 34 to 11 and it just kind of like yeah, comparable talents. Michigan's got a good fan base. They hyped themselves up for the game, and then it just wasn't much of a game.
0: Yeah. But the atmosphere <laughs> that one on the was list, a blast. Yeah, but it was um, just it – was, it was a really – You know, we went into that saying let's lay low on Friday. Like let's yes. get up for this you game feel like, like a million podcast. bucks. And then you uh, had that first beer touch your lips and when you see that many like Cats fans. Just FCS fans. I swear it was like just FCS fans in general. Even yeah. every single damn bar down there is an NDSU bar. They own Frisco. They own Plano. They own every other damn stupid blank suburb that is Dallas. Um, <laughs> and it was still fun and still cool to see all those people down there. Um, and it was literally everywhere you went. It was fantastic.
1: And after Top Golf, I was with two of my cousins, their brothers. Uh, one of them is a little more responsible than the other. I don't need to name names or call people out, but they know who they are. So I was with the one who is far less likely to call it a night early. And we, we saw the line at Concrete Cowboys, so we went across the street. We were just chilling and having one drink. We did go back to check the line, it was still super long. Uh, Nate's dad was in line, and I was. Literally ordered an Uber to go home, and then I see a guy that I played poker with in Billings, and uh, I did a chat and cut, and I got into the Concrete Cowboy, and the rest is history. I didn't Thatta get home boy. till after one.
2: I feel like we may have done 15 minutes too long on the
1: Concrete Cowboy. I'm glad you guys. Yeah. Had oh a good no, time, you would have been there. You would have. You would have understood
0: why uh, Concrete Cowboys another, another high 10 available.
2: minutes. I love it. I love it. Um, I do want to hear about, uh, we talked a little bit about travel woes parlay. You got down there a day early to avoid, them. hall of fame, uh, listener, Nate's dad had an epic trip down to, to Dallas. Nate just walk us through, uh, your dad's path from Billings down to Frisco.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, it was Alaska Airlines. So going through Seattle and Seattle had a lot of issues, obviously. Um, with weather, with cancel, with cancellations, all that kind of stuff. So he gets from Billings uh, to Seattle a little bit late. Doesn't get. Oh, a toilet freezes uh, on the Alaska flight that gets to Billings. Everybody gets on the plane. They cannot take off because the toilet is frozen because it was negative forty up in the air when they were you know coming in for landing or whatever it is. <laughs> so there's also such strong headwinds coming west to east that it's a three hour flight. From Billings to Seattle, and it adds an hour. So they're like, we can't go to Seattle with no toilet. Like it's a two two by two plane. I don't know if it was the Embraer or the or the or the um, Bombardier. I don't know which plane it was on Alaska, but frozen toilet can't take off. Can't take off. Finally, they get to Seattle. No shot. You're making your connection. He was going to fly into Oakland and take an Uber uh, over here to to meet up with me, so we could go. So he gets there, no hotels around Seattle because of all the cancellations, or around the airport because of the cancellations. He has an early ass flight out the next day. So what does he do? The 60, uh, what is he now? 62 year old guy spends the night on SeaTac floor, Um, but there's more, there's more. He uh, also for like 15 years, and this is no joke, has walked or ran six miles a day without missing a day, uh, literally without missing a day. So he knows it's going to be a full day of travel on Friday or on Thursday to get down there. He uh, walks the concourse at SeaTac between 1.30 and 3 in the morning to get his six <laughs> miles in so that he doesn't break his streak, then lays down and probably gets 20 minutes of total sleep. And he's still a trooper when he shows up in Sacramento on Friday morning, or on Thursday morning for us to go down uh, to the game. Just an all-star performance by a now, you know, two-time Hall of Famer, I think.
2: Yeah, uh, that's, that's impressive. So Billings, Billings with a frozen toilet to Seattle has to stay on the floor of Seattle, Seattle to Sacramento, Sacramento to Las Vegas, Las Vegas to Frisco, yes. Texas.
0: Las Vegas to, to Love Field. We got in at midnight. We did get our rental car. Thank God. because They hadn't closed yet. Uh, but then that was when we went to 7 seven eleven to yep. try and get him a glass of wine. He deserved it. He needed it. Uh, and no dice. Dedication. Uh, no, yeah. I was
1: going to say all that, that and they don't it.
0: even give him a drink. Whoa, nope. Man. He was he was disappointed at that point.
2: Dedication. Okay. That so, was
0: dedication for sure.
2: Yeah. What uh, Anything else you want to touch on on the weekend? So the last thing we have to do, we have to cover. Um, I'll let you guys – talk however much you want on the game um, but I do I went through all of our our notes from the podcast have everyone listed out from the that we named to the Hall of Fame this year so I want to run through those um, we can talk about nominating others um, but anything else you guys want to touch on
1: yeah you know the tailgate it was like two separate worlds Montana State was like a giant party it was like concrete part uh, cowboy outdoors <laughs> it was just a huge congregation of navy blue just partying and drinking hard and having a good time whereas you know the North Dakota State side it was business as usual they were grilling up you know they were doing their pictures they're just calm cool and relaxed nicest people the way I think of it is like you know you run into a North Dakota and it's just like you run into a small town Montanan. it reminded me a lot of just an old family reunion before Facebook made it where every family hated each other. You know, like you run into these North Dakota people, you have a lot in common, you chit chat about football, weather, hunting and fishing. It was that, it was nice and clean, nice and calm, you know, great people, uh, but they were probably mostly great because they knew what the outcome was going to be.
0: It was true. The North Dakota State fans were very nice, but they also knew that they were going to just absolutely kill us too. Like they didn't have the little, uh, like the, the second year in a row of thinking that, you know, North Dakota state was gettable. Like all of us did. Um, they knew what kind of team they had, the historic defense they had, uh, and they were super nice. There was one point, I was a place called like wild pitch, I think. And I was literally one of four Bobcat fans amongst probably five to 600 NDSU fans went to the restroom, stood in line, uh, to get in there was one of twelve. Not one of them obviously said anything uh, to be an asshole. One of them said you're a little bit outnumbered, but that was it. They were so nice, uh, but they're also at home down there. Like every bar was like, "Welcome back, you're finally home," because they missed it in uh, you know <laughs> yeah. twenty. Every bar it was welcomed NDSU fans only. that place. They literally own Frisco. It is when people say it's Fargo South, they it's it never meant anything until I went down there, and there was not one Montana State like themed bar. Everything was NDSU. They owned that place. It was like welcoming you, welcoming you into their home and then knowing that you were going to have to leave soon and probably never come back. It was unbelievable.
2: Owned the town, owned the Bobcats.
0: Owned the FCS, shit.
2: Yeah. Well, great. Should we get to the Hall of What's Fame? It? Yeah, do it. Uh, yeah. Any other, any other fun bar stories? wine stories <laughs> that we can talk about uh, none
1: that can be remembered
2: okay or so, spoken
1: of yeah
2: so running through these quickly um we we established a montana Mint sports hall of fame earlier this season um on the podcast we're looking for a brick and mortar uh establishment somewhere in the state to put it up um so if you know one let us know we'd love to we'd love to Um, Get some real estate so we can get some fans in. Looking at this, um, in no particular order, things we have uh, admitted into the Hall of Fame, and we're not admitting players quite yet. We're still figuring out how to do players for their performance on the field. We'll get to that at a later date. Uh, But this year, we put in the King Spud Trophy, the Grumpy Joe Helmet, Hmm. um, and then the only other one outside of the Montana schools... Or two more outside of the Montana school. So King Spud, Grumpy Joe Helmet. Remember the Fog Game? The Fog oh, Game fog. Got, oh, yeah. got into the Hall of Fame. That fog was, Game was
0: definitely a Hall of Fame. That was game.
2: really Hall of Fame worthy. Um, and then uh, uh, the the, UFC, the UC Davis kickoff dog. Pint the Wonder oh, yeah, dog. That dog. Remember cool him? Yeah, that dog yeah he, really retired. Cool. he retired. He retired. He'd always get the the T from the kickoff. They had a bobblehead of him uh, during the UC Davis game whenever he retired. So those guys are on the Hall of Fame. Um, from a listener perspective, Nate's dad, of course, touched on this a lot. I had in my notes that Nate's uncle was also in the Hall of Fame, but I don't know why. Oh, um, that was because
0: he told us the, uh, that Grizz player broke his ankle uh, in spring ball.
2: I do. Okay, I vaguely remember this. Okay, he was like back in.
0: via eGrizz and we're like,
2: well, thanks. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it was uh, nice Troy of him to break it to us.
2: Yeah, Troy Anderson made it for academics because he got named to that one academic team. So congrats to Troy on that. Uh, Max Damaris, who was the Butte High School student that got yeah. Max McCaffrey on the front the page of ESPN.com. Yep, for, yeah, for calling out his tight Hall pants, breaking his clipboard, throwing it at poor Max. <laughs> uh, we had him on, interviewed him, made into the Hall of Fame. Um, oh, other listener, uh, Curtis, follows us on on Twitter. Uh, he posted his Spotify rap uh, Montana Midsports, which oh, is yeah. number one podcast. Curtis, thank you for listening. Um, then the the last one, probably the most impressive, two entries for, for me, uh, my predictions. One, predicting the, the exact score in the Montana State-Weber State game, and then, of course, predicting the exact score in the Montana State-North Dakota State game. So congrats to me making the Hall of Fame. Um, that's our official list. Is there anything else you... should be added again we're not doing players for their performance quite yet
1: wait nate's geography skills don't make the hall of fame
2: no not yet because i would have
0: made it i would have made it if it would have been foggy for that game okay Uh, yes when i called it all week but that was weather related didn't get it for that obviously
1: i'd i'd like to give at least an honorable mention to cousin joe and his wife belisha for um taxing and babysitting and hurting my drunk butt around, um, Saturday and so that's a personal my other fame, cousin, Matt, that, that, yeah, I mean, well, I'm a big part of the fan base, you know, uh, yeah. we're at the, we're uh, at the, par- parlay we're at the revere section of the fu- finale. Hey, yeah,
2: honorable mention for sure. Uh, we'll give them free admission <laughs> to the museum. I don't think they're going to be first yeah. ballot hall of famers, but, um, shout out to them and thank you to them for lugging parlay around. um, Man, I think, I think that might be it. I think that might be the season.
0: I mean, you can't one. oversaturate the Hall of Fame in year one.
2: Yeah, so I think that's, that's a, a good... Point. I think that's a good... A good. more uh, of a
1: baseball Hall of Fame or, uh, you know, what's an oversaturated ooh. Hall of Fame?
2: Um, one potential entry, I don't want to put them in yet because I haven't got it in the mail, but one potential entry... Uh, to consider is the home field uh, uh, apparel that they put out for the Grizz and the Bobcats. Um, I don't know how you guys think about the the Bobcat gear, but the Grizz gear is incredible. Oh, uh, the
1: retro stuff? I thought it looked really cool. I
2: Super cool. Um, yeah. Very pumped for that. Uh, and our boys over at the Grizz Fan Pod, the number one podcast in the state of Montana, have a discount code. Uh, GrizzfanPod at checkout, you get 15% off. So that's pretty sick. If you haven't bought your gear yet, go do so. Um, oh, the other point I had, not Hall of Fame related, unfortunately, but um, losing a big game like this. This goes back to, like, the Broncos Super Bowl. Um, it, one of the worst parts about it is having, having to watch, like, all of the clips online of, like, national outlets just roasting you. And... Um, you know, uh, the yeah. barstool had the the poor Bobcat fan in the helmet in the crowd. So you're
0: projecting. You're projecting a lot.
2: No, I'm they just, I'm just saying. It. Yeah, that was very sad. Um, well, the,
0: the the guy in the cardboard helmet was hilarious.
2: It was, was very like, funny, but also it, it makes it sad when you're down so bad. Uh, that helmet might make the Hall of Fame next year if we. If that helmet
0: should make the Hall of Fame. Where did they
2: get <laughs> yeah. those? Those
0: are amazing.
2: <laughs> so good. Um, it, John boy did a breakdown, um, that was not too flattering for the, for the Bobcats. But the
0: best part was the girls cheering at the beginning of that was the funniest <laughs> yeah. thing I've seen all week.
2: <laughs> um, it, uh, uh, part of my take had a few, uh, retweeted a few things, put some clips up. It's just, it's just tough when it's saturated. It's almost good that you guys were in the game, not on your phones. Um, because it was not too flattering. Well, you didn't
0: uh, get any service out the there podcast. either, so there was that at that yes, Yeah, thank God. Yeah.
1: The, w- the opposite of the Hall of Fame goes to the cell service in, in Frisco. Man, the Hall oh of man. Shame. All right. Would that be what that is? Hall of Shame, yeah. No,
2: we're not doing a Hall of Shame. This is all positive, all positive, positive
1: vibes. Positive Wednesdays.
2: Yep, and positive accomplishments. Pint the Wonder Dog. We love you. Um, okay, that's all I have for the season. We might be back this spring to talk about some stuff. Probably not. Maybe we'll oh. get some interviews. Um, looks like Nate has some thoughts.
0: Well, you know how we don't talk about recruiting or anything like that? Yeah. Montana State getting Wyoming's uh, starting quarterback, well, starting at the beginning of the season to come over in the transfer portal, you know, two days after the national championship game was quite the news to see on Twitter. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It was. Congra- I, I, I don't care about. Tra- well, that's a my big deal. It. It is Touchdown congratulations. yeah.
0: is a god in Montana State yeah. and in Montana in general. And I think well, there man. was a lot of eyebrows raised when they immediately brought in a quarterback. But it does sound like it's going to be one that's going to push Tommy. It's good to have that competition. But I think that was one when it happened on, I think it was Tuesday when he announced it, uh, Chambers from uh, Wyoming. A lot of people were, the initial knee-jerk reaction was surprise because nobody uh-huh. can replace Touchdown Tommy
2: sure his legend has grown hopefully his ankle heals up um because while i don't always root for the bobcats i do love touchdown tommy who, who doesn't um oh. all right that's all i have all i have nate anything else parlay anything else from the from the end
0: of the year this is this was uh it's one of those ones when that game got over and the dust had settled Uh, And you start thinking about it. This was such a fun year to be a part of. I mean, the Grizz were 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 decently good this year. Montana State had a historic season. It was really fun to be a part of it. It was uh, it was one of those ones that lasted from August all the way through January. Even with those three weeks off, you're thinking about Bobcat football the whole entire time.
2: Playoffs were too long. We playoffs
0: playoffs were a long time, but it was it it was a lot of emotion. Yeah, a lot of emotion invested into this season and a lot of time spent watching the Cats and cheering for them and, you know, carving out your Saturdays to, to get to see them and, you know, the travel. It was such a fantastic year. It was such a, a weird feeling after that game ended um, when you put that much time and effort into a, a team in a season and it was that much fun to watch. So it was a uh, an interesting Saturday after that game, just realizing the season was over after you know uh, a once-in-a-lifetime season for me, uh, being born '85, never seen this before. Uh, so just wanted to say it was a it was such a fun year to be a Bobcat fan. It's a, it's a program builder. Uh, it was uh, great to finally have a season after the after the after the fake one happened. So uh, just all around unbelievable season. I don't know how what I'm going to do next Saturday. Uh, now that there's no cats football on, there's no college football at all. But just wanted to say, fantastic season, so fun, one that I will never ever in my life forget. I'll never forget going down to that national championship. I'll never forget the atmosphere against South Dakota State in Bobcat Stadium. The rest of my life, so uh, a lot of uh, memories from this year, and it was just a fantastic ride.
1: And I, I totally agree. I, I went to the Sam Houston State game. I went to Bozeman for the semifinal. I obviously was in Frisco. Just three of the best weekends I've had in a long time. It just great seeing all the fans, seeing friends and family, watching Montana State do so well, you know, up until the championship. But still, the get there, the experience. There was a time, you know, we were sitting there, me and my cousins were, before the game even, you're like, man, this is the last weekend. You know, this is our last yeah. game this year. You know, because we had all met for the Wyoming game too, the three of us. So it's just a lot of fun, and it is. There was a little, slight bit of emptiness even before the game, knowing that this was going to be the last game of the year. And I, I you know, hopefully next year we continue with some momentum. Um, just an awesome year all around. I, I hate to see some of these seniors go. So I know it's positive only, but here one thing: shame on all the voters who left Patrick O'Connell and Troy Anderson off their Buck Buchanan ballots. You don't want to vote them first, second, or whatever? Fine. Off the ballot, shame. Shame, shame, shame. There. Now that's all the negativity. I like
2: it. I got one more question, um, and this is a serious question before we go. I I need predictions and thoughts from you guys. Prediction, will the Bobcats hang a runner-up banner in their stadium? Like national championship appearance. And if they do, what are your thoughts?
0: Um... I I was I was thinking you would do something to commemorate that run, and I'm okay with, with that. It's not like, you know, we made the quarterfinals banner or we made the semifinals banner or anything like that. It was, you know, got to the championship. It was, you know, it did have that feel of a bowl game when you were down there. So I can see when you put like, you know, I know Wyoming and stuff puts their bowl games up and other places do too. Uh, I think there'd be something somewhere commemorating the, you know, 2021 Cats for, for
1: what they did,
0: uh, and I'm definitely okay mm-hmm.
2: with it. Okay, parlay. Will they do it, and what do
1: you think? I mean, where do they even hang those banners? It's been a while since I've been in the field house. I, don't um, know.
0: I think it's on the <laughs> other side of the scoreboard.
1: Okay, but. Oh, wow. uh, well, there's not much
2: room. Any- which you can't see yeah. anymore because <laughs> there's a building there. <laughs>
1: yeah, not a lot of room to the, hang it, that scoreboard. the size of my computer screen. But, yeah. It, national runner-up I don't know I, I it's okay like I I honestly I didn't buy any shirts in Frisco because I didn't want to remember that loss um, so I, I usually don't like to commemorate that type of loss. I'll commemorate the whole journey just with my experiences yeah. in going to the games and watching our victories in against Sam Houston and against South Dakota State but I don't know I, I'm kind of indifferent on it you know we were second in a 2014 bracket. That says a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, all these haters can say, oh, the seating," or blah, blah, blah. But you know what? We beat some great teams along the way, and we made it to the championship.
2: Yep, and fourth biggest loss in championship too. history. The um, nice part was, too, right, was
0: I tried to take as many pictures uh, at Frisco as that game was ending to try and commemorate as much as I could because I was probably getting a little bit <laughs> hazy by that time when the clock was Just getting down little. to zero. So I was like, selfies everywhere, selfies, everybody that I was with. Got one with Coach Choate as he came up the uh, stairs to leave the game. Uh, I said, Choate, what do we do next year? And he said something about you can't have the highs without the lows, I think. It was a little bit of coach speak. I asked him for a selfie. He goes, yep, this is the last one of the day. He smiled through it all. Uh, but I tried to take as many selfies and pictures to, at the end of that to Love commemorate it. those memories uh, so that the Coors Lights didn't ruin it for me.
2: Love it. Okay, that's all I got, fellas. I've talked about the Bobcats for too long over the past five weeks, but I love you. What a great season.
0: Yes. And thank you to our listeners who put up with it and and listen to this, even if it is single digit, if it's double digit, if it's triple digit, if it's four digits, every single one, it's really fun. We like what we do. Uh, It's fun to catch up and do this, even if we had zero listeners. Uh, But do thank everybody for listening. It was really fun. We'll be back for next year. We do have some projects in the off season that we're excited about too, but uh, a really fun podcast season. When we didn't get to do it last year, we were a little bit rusty at the yep. start. I think we hit some strides, but it was really fun.
1: Yeah. And thanks, Laney Lou. Yeah. And thanks for inviting me on these last few weeks.
0: Playoff Parlay Revere is what. <laughs> you, could we, you know, I'm doing it. We're doing it. A it's Parlay a, Revere it's shirt? A, no, it's a Parlay Revere is in the Hall of Fame. I am doing it. It's a first ballot. <laughs> Parley Revere is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Is Love there anybody it. that would object?
2: Nope. I second the motion. I probably All right, a Great a addition. Great so
0: addition. So, Montana Parley, as himself, is not in the Hall of Fame. Let us be very, yeah, very yeah. clear. Yeah. yeah. Montana Parley Revere is 100% a first ballot Hall of Famer, and we thank him for his service.
2: Yes. Thank you, Revere. <laughs>
0: all right well with that we thank everybody for another fantastic season we will hopefully hear talk see you soon interact with you on twitter very soon sometimes with some beers in our system sometimes without um, but yes we love you all thank you for listening go bobcat we'll see you next year
2: please take me back just take me back to that time
1: of innocence Lay down with me but keep it clean so the
2: secret never ends
1: Everything I wanna do on this night just feels so right